Our scripture reading this morning will come from Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 18, and then verses 28 through 32. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, that's on page 988, page 988. Again, that's Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 18, and 28 through 32. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. Verse 28. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. Uh, If you're a guest, we're glad that you're here. It encourages us that you're here, and we want to be an encouragement to you. I commend you for the decision you made to come to worship God today. Uh, We'll think about a lot of April Fools today before the day's over with, I'm sure. Some of you have probably already been fooled, but you're definitely not a fool when you come together to worship God in His house and with His people. And what a blessing we have uh, to be here every week. And hopefully that the worship to God is just an expression of our life on a daily basis. We truly love God. Hopefully our lives and our minds are devoted to God, and we want to continue to encourage everybody to be involved in the daily study of God's Word. Uh, The second quarter of the plan from the beginning is out in the foyer. It's at each of the centers throughout the foyer, and so if you have been participating in this study, uh, we just just have gotten recently into the book of Exodus, and so we look forward uh, to this study continuing this quarter. And so if you haven't picked that up, be sure and do so. And also keep in mind, uh, the class on Wednesday night continues to be attended uh, so well that that goes along, coincides with this plan. And so it is in the fellowship room, and Tim Martin teaches that. And we'd encourage you, if you haven't been a part of the Wednesday night class, that would be a tremendous class to be a part of that would go along with uh, the study that you do during the week. Also, we want to remind you, if you're looking for a first principles type class, a, a Bible 101 type class, on Wednesday night, Tony Torres and Alan Smith in room 205, they're teaching a class entitled, God Speaks, We Listen and Act. And uh, that's the second classroom on the left as you go up the stairs. And that'd be a wonderful class to be a part of. Also, for parents' sake, I want to encourage you to encourage your children. Uh, We'll begin High Step this morning, which is a program that we do once a year with our high school age that are Christians that want to come and be a part of the class. And throughout this month, we'll study about how to teach. And then next month, those individuals will go into classes of younger ages and they will teach those classes. And so it's a wonderful and powerful experience for them. And so I want to encourage you, if your child wants to do that and be involved in that, I want to encourage you to be praying for them. I want to encourage you to be encouraging them uh, that truly, if that is a gift or ability that God has given them, it's our place as a church family and you as a spiritual parent uh, to nurture and encourage them in that. And so that's what we simply want to do. If that's an ability that a, that a youth has here, we want to make sure that that is developed while they are here with us. 
Also, I need to give you one quick of announcement so that I can have feedback throughout the day. Chisel, which is a 48-hour experience in the summer for our high school and college-age young men, is on the calendar for July the 1st through July the 3rd. We probably need to change that to July the 15th, which is a Sunday evening, and would conclude July the 17th, a Tuesday evening. If that is better or worse for you as a young man or as a family, if that's better or worse for you, I need to hear back from both sides whether or not to leave it at that date or uh, to change that date. Also, as a family, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for David Malicote. Uh, He continues to be in a coma. It's over two weeks now after the four-wheeler accident. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray for him daily. Pray for his wife, Melissa, and his sweet little girls. And uh, let's be sure and do everything that we can do uh, to uh, serve them and to walk with them at this time. uh, That's a very difficult time. If you're in a Bible class, and I know most of you are, and we want to invite all of you to do so immediately following this service, You'll remember that last, at the beginning of this quarter, the last booklet that we had was entitled, The Lord Shepherds. Now, this week you will begin in a study that is entitled, The Lord's Shepherds. Now, that's not a play on words. It's something very distinctively uh, different that's a powerful study. You'll see it again this morning in, in our sermon series also. You see, we've been talking for several weeks about this beautiful picture of shepherding. And we have understood that God is our shepherd. And we spent at least two weeks on that. And we've understood that Christ is our shepherd. And we've looked at him as the good shepherd in John 10 and the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5. And those are some things that you've studied in Bible class recently. And so maybe you look at this and you say, I really love this concept of shepherding. It makes me realize how much God loves me and how God is there to provide for me and to protect me. And maybe there's a lot of positive things that come with this, but keep in mind, now we're going to the second half of this series, and that is that along with this concept of shepherding, comes responsibility. You see, the Lord not only is a shepherd that is up in heaven, but the Lord has made sure that there are shepherds on this earth that care for other souls. And so we'll look at the responsibility we have to and for each other over the weeks to come as we look at the shepherds. On the screen, you'll notice an optical illusion. If you'll notice to the left side, you see two blocks, two lines of blocks that look like they're at a right angle, 90-degree angle. So therefore, those two lines should never intersect. But yet, when you look to the right side of the optical illusion there, you see that it looks like a stack of blocks where those two lines come together. Now, any of you that enjoy mathematics at all or, or geometry or trigonometry, you know that that is 100% impossible to do in real life. An optical illusion. What I'd like to share with you is the reality that a lot of people seem to have an illusion about shepherding, especially as it pertains to elders. How many times in prayers have we heard individuals pray, Be with them as they make decisions. If your mindset, if your understanding, if the illusion in your mind is that all God expects elders to do is oversee from a boardroom perspective, 
you've missed the picture of what God wants an elder to be. There's no doubt that elders have the authority that God has given them to have oversight, overseer. But when we say, how is that oversight to be done, it becomes very clear that it is to be done through the method of shepherding. I hope that throughout this series of studies in Bible class and in sermon, you have a better biblical understanding of what shepherding is all about. But I hope that that understanding translates to an appreciation. I'm talking about appreciation that moves you to obedience. This morning, I am not giving you just an intellectual lesson. This morning, I'm asking if you're willing to do some things differently. This morning, I'm asking you if you're willing to be intentional. Are you willing to look at what God's plan is for you as sheep in your relationship with your shepherds and then to shepherds in your relationship with the sheep? We know what the shepherd's desire is. That's the very reason that we're studying this series. That's the reason that you see some things very intentional taking place in the Bible class setting. And so we want to ask you this morning, not just, hey, are you growing in appreciation for the concept of shepherding, but are you growing in appreciation in the sense that you're ready to move to a heightened degree of obedience to God's plan? This past week, you probably read on the news or heard about the ghost ship that's only 150 miles off the coast of Canada. And this is one and the beginning of the debris that they expect to be tons and tons of debris that will come over from Japan. Even though the tsunami was a year ago, it takes this long for the debris to make it all the way across the Pacific Ocean. This is one of the first huge pieces of debris, an unmanned Japanese fishing boat. The Canadians were asked, the authorities, what they're going to do with it. They said at this time, if we can prove that there's no fuel leaking, we're not doing anything with it. Now, can you imagine a vessel out there that is unmanned and has no purpose? Now, you think how many ocean vessels have passed through that same ocean in the last year? You think about the cargo they carried. You think about the passengers they carried. You think about the good that is being done on those vessels, but not on this vessel. Because you see, this vessel is solo. This vessel's out on its own. This vessel does not fulfill a purpose and a plan greater than itself. Listen, if my understanding of Christianity is isolation and I do what I want and it's me and God and I don't owe anything to anybody, I've missed the whole picture of Christianity. Christianity is about we're part of a greater whole. We have a mission that's more important than just us. We have a cause that's greater than just us individually. We have a purpose for living. And a part of our purpose is not only to be shepherded, but it is also to shepherd and to care for the souls of others. I like what the the fellow, that he was a new elder. And so at a fellowship meal, they thought they would kind of kid him a little bit, and so they came up with a badge, and they honored him, and they said, we want to recognize you as our new elder, and we have a badge for you. And it said, Chief Hog Caller. So they put him on, that put, he put that badge on him, and everybody laughed about it. He's the Chief Hog Caller. But he had the last laugh. When it was his turn to speak, he said, well, I thank you for the honor. And he said, uh, I thought according to the scriptures that my task would be to shepherd sheep, but I guess you know yourselves better than I do. (laughs) Listen, it's hard to shepherd sheep 
when they think they're pigs. It's hard to shepherd sheep when they think they're squirrels that just run out on their own with no guide, no direction. It's hard to shepherd sheep when they, when they think they're mice that just scatters on their own. You just fill in the blank. If you want to shepherd sheep, the first thing you have to do is you have to find individuals that realize we're sheep. We're God's sheep. And we want to do this according to God's way. So what is God's way? I'd like for you to notice here in the text, the very first thing in verse 28 of Acts the 20th chapter is the word therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore, you have to stop and say, what is it therefore? It links what's just been said with what is about to be said. Paul spent three years with the people of Ephesus. And so they knew his leadership. They knew his style of leadership. They knew his devotion to them. And so he begins at verse uh, seven in verse 20 in the here in I'm sorry in verse 17 here in the 20th chapter he begins by talking about his relationship with them because and by the way he's talking to elders here because he's wanting to show them the type of leadership that they're supposed to offer to others we don't have a slide for this but if you have your Bible open you can just scan with me for example he reminded them of the type of leadership that he gave in verse 19 that he served the Lord with humility and you see now he's going to say therefore talking to the elders are you going to serve the Lord with humility. And then also in 20, he says, I kept nothing back to you that was needful. In other words, he saw his leadership as a conduit to provide resources for those that they led. And so in other words, now he's saying to the elders, are you going to be a conduit? Are you going to provide the resources? In other words, the resources are never to stop at the level of leadership. They're always to go down and to help the people. And that's the humble service. And then also in 24, we see that he was one that would not quit. In other words, he said he's going to finish. He's going to finish his race, and he's going to finish his ministry. In other words, he's a faithful Christian to the very end, and he's not going to quit his ministry that God gave him to do. And then when we look at verse 27, we see that he did not... uh, He he declared uh, all of the gospel to Jesus Christ, as he says, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, he didn't hold anything back, even though... If he would have held it back, he probably wouldn't have been persecuted as much. But it didn't matter what the cost. He was going to fully proclaim God's message. Therefore, see how that works? He's talking to the elders and he says, look at all the things I've done. Therefore, are you going to do these things? Well, how does he say, are you going to do these things? Notice that phrase when he says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all of the flock. That phrase there, take heed, in the Greek is only one word, and it is powerful. On this next slide, you'll see the definition from the Greek of what this word, take heed, is. Notice how it is to to hold the mind towards, it deals with to pay attention to, to be cautious about, to apply oneself. When we skip down, it's the idea of to be aware, to be given to. It is translated in scriptures, beware, take heed, to give attendance to, and other words such as that. Now let's take this back to the context that he's saying here. He's talked about what kind of leader he was, and now he says, therefore, elders, take heed. Are you going to move your mind toward, are you going to be cautious, are you going to pay careful attention to, now let's pause here for just a moment. We asked a few weeks ago what credentials does Jesus have to be your shepherd? 
What about if we ask this morning, what credentials do elders have to be your shepherd? Isn't that fair? If a man is going to shepherd our souls, isn't it fair to say, what credentials do they have? What we learn in the scriptures is we learn that they're individuals that have the credentials. They have proven themselves. They are individuals who constantly take heed. They live a very cautious life. For example, these are men that would have fulfilled Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and in verse 15 when he says, So then that you walk circumspectly. Notice that word. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Circumspectly is the idea of the carefully place your step. There's no man qualified to be an elder that has not carefully placed his steps in life. Well, what does that mean to take heed, to carefully place your steps? Look how it pertains to faith as we go to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 where he says, examine yourselves. Pause there for just a moment. This is words that are written to everyone. Definitely elders would not be qualified to be elders if they didn't examine their faith. But this is written to everyone. When's the last time you examined your faith? When's the last time you've tested to see if you're found faithful? Notice, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? These are men that have walked carefully in life. These are men that have tested their faith and they have been found faithful. These are also men who have taken heed, that is to be cautious, to pay careful attention to their family. You remember the qualification in 1 Timothy, the third chapter? Notice as we skip down into the middle of that paragraph in verse 4 and 5, as he says about elders, one who rules, see that's the authority, his own house well. That's how well he's done it. That's the measure. Has he done poorly or a very good job? Men that are qualified to be elders are men that have done this well. In other words, they've paid careful attention to their family. Their family is of great importance. Why is this important? Notice how they've led their family, and we'll see why it's important. Having his children in submission with all reverence. So this is a man who is a leader. He's a leader. His children submit to him, and they submit with respect. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Look what God is saying here. I want a man that has paid careful attention, a man that has focused his mind to leading his family toward God, and his family loves and respects him for that. And now God is saying, you show me a man that can take care of his family, and then I'll show you a man who is qualified to take care of my family. You see this shepherding concept? What do shepherds do? We know from past week's studies. We know from common sense. Shepherds take care of sheep. God says if a man can't shepherd his own family, we'll get to that in a few weeks to come. He cannot shepherd my family. What is, what is Paul telling the elders there of Ephesus in Acts the 20th chapter in verse 28 when he says, take heed to yourselves? He's talking about men who have paid careful attention to their own life, to their own faith, and to their own family. But here's something we probably don't talk enough about. But notice he said, take heed to yourselves. Who's he talking to? He's talking to elders. Elders are to take heed to themselves. Now, when we think about that, 
This implies other elders. And this is going to sound a little wordy. I've heard Jerry Barber uh, say something similar to this. But if shepherds don't shepherd shepherds, shepherds don't have anyone to shepherd them. And people who aren't shepherded do not remain spiritually healthy. Therefore, eventually, the sheep will not have anyone to shepherd them. Who shepherds shepherds? Shepherds shepherd shepherds. That's important. Think about that. Shepherds shepherd shepherds. Many of us have poured our heart out to one or two of our elders. Many of us have leaned heavily upon the leadership of our elders. Who do elders pour their heart out to? Who do they look to for shepherding? I think about Jerry Barber speaking in a seminar on this particular topic, and he talked about meeting with a group of elders, and he got the feeling that they did not really care for each other. And so he brought up this fact. And then that, he said, I want you to begin around the table. I want each of you to tell what's happening in your life and in your family and one thing that you want the rest of the shepherds to be praying for you. That was a breaking point in the relationship of those elders. And every month those elders took the turn from then on to go around the table and to tell what was happening in their life and what they wanted the other shepherds to be praying for them. Listen, God's plan has never been for one man to rule a congregation. Even though the denominational world has stolen the word pastoral system to mean one man rule, that is not biblical. The word pastor literally means shepherd. That's all it means. And when we look in the scriptures, we see that according to Acts, the 14th chapter, God expected pastors, he expected elders to be appointed into every congregation. One man is not to be ruling a congregation, but a group of men are to be ruling each other and the congregation. Now, I'd like for you to notice this morning as we see this idea of rule, look deeper into this same passage of Acts 20 and 28, and I'd like for you to notice that we see that, we, that the elders are also to not only shepherd themselves, but all of the flock. This is important. Not some of the flock. Not the ones that are most faithful. Let's, let's, let's shepherd the 20% that they're easier to shepherd, perhaps. Or let's just shepherd those that, that are the most like us. Let's shepherd the ones that are the closest age to us. Don't teenagers deserve to be shepherded? Elders, shouldn't they shepherd teenagers? Shouldn't they shepherd young marrieds or, or young adults? And so when we think about this phrase, all the flock, we realize that there's a great challenge here. Shepherds have the responsibility to shepherd everyone in the flock. What about someone who, who is, is, is unintelligent? What about someone who has several PhDs? What about someone who's in poverty? What about someone who is very rich? What about someone who's very, very quiet and introverted? What about someone who is very talkative and outgoing? Listen, 
It's not a personality thing. It's not a, well, that's just where I am in life thing. God expects every Christian to be shepherded by elders. There's no exception to this. God does not expect any Christian to be invisible. I'm a faithful child of God, but I never talk about my faith to anybody else. I never talk about my problems and my prayer concerns with anybody else. God has not designed that. If you appreciate the concept of shepherding, realize what that looks like, what that means. God says, I want you to take heed. What's that take heed? He's speaking to elders. I want you to pay careful attention. I want you to move with caution. I want you to beware to whom? as you shepherd all the flock. That's a huge undertaking. That is a tremendous challenge that God gives us. The only way that it can be done is if the shepherds are living among the people. For time's sake, we can't emphasize this, but we can look at it. Look in Acts 20 and 17. Paul, an apostle, where did he live? In verse 18 at the end, he says, In what manner I always lived among you. Why did Paul have such an influence in their lives? Because he lived among them. Three years he lived among them. Who has great influence in your life? People you live among. We are not, uh, elders are not, according to God's design, board of directors that sit back in rooms and all they do is make decisions and they push those decisions out. Yes, they do make decisions. And yes, they are and have the authority over the church under Christ's headship. But they make decisions and carry those out based on relationships. Look at another example as we go to John, the first chapter. The greatest example of leadership we have in verse 14 is about Jesus Christ. And the Word became flesh. And where did He come? He dwelt He lived among us. In 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, you'll probably study this in Bible class this morning. Notice when Peter talked about shepherding, he said, shepherd the flock of God, where is it? Which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not dishonest gain, but eagerly. And then, with this point made, now we need to ask this, where does it leave sheep? You see, it's obvious, if elders are going to be shepherds that live among the people where sheep, if they're where God wants them to be. Are you ready for this? It's simple, but it comes with responsibility. If we are where God wants us to be, we are living among the elders. It's that simple. The shepherds are living among the sheep. That means the sheep have to live among the shepherds. Oh, we can stray. We can leave where God wants us to be. But the choice is ours. Let's look at two passages and then think about this as we wrap this up. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 17. This is a responsibility he gives to us as sheep. He says, obey those who have rule over you. Now think about that. That's our responsibility to elders, to obey them. Why? They have the rule over us. Be submissive to them. But now notice this. For they watch out for your souls. That's what the elders do. They watch out for us. And those who must give an account. They're going to give an account for us. So what do we do? We obey them. We're submissive to them. Now notice this next sentence. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. If we do not live in relationship with the shepherds the way God has designed, it will not be of profit. I do not have the spiritual life that God wants me to have 
if I do not have a relationship with shepherds. I do not have the spiritual life that God wants me to have if I do not have a relationship with shepherds. Period. You can try to twist the scriptures. We live in a world where people love to twist things and get it to fit them. You can make excuses. You can, you can blame, though, I'm the victim. You can throw a pity party. But the bottom line is God's word is truth. God is right. If you want to be the spiritual person that you ought to be, you must have a relationship with shepherds. This is why the elders are making such a plea for individuals to become a part of a Sunday morning Bible class so that relationship with elders can be nurtured and strengthened during those, especially those first few minutes of class where you have the opportunity to share your prayer request. Before class begins, you have the opportunity to go up and visit with an elder. After class, you have the opportunity to talk with the elder. You have the opportunity to invite the elder to your house. I bet a lot of them eat at Longhorns if you want to take them out for supper. You have all kind of options that you have to be able to say, I am required by God to share in a relationship with my elders. And I want to do that. I want the spiritual life that God has planned for me. Let's see one more passage and we have to close this. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 12. We urge you, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. See where the elders are? They're among us. We need to be among them. And are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So they labor among us, they're over us, they admonish us. But notice this next part. Our responsibility is to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. The analogy of shepherding is beautiful. We can grab a biblical understanding of that and say, that's really wonderful the way God cares for us like sheep and the way God provides people on this earth to care for us like sheep. But the question is, do I appreciate it through trust and obedience? It's one thing to say I grasp it. It's another thing to say I do it. This year, our hope and our prayer is as this year moves forward, if the Lord wills time, this congregation will have never been closer to each other and to God than it has ever been. I assure you that's God's will. God's will is for us to be involved in each other's lives, to share in life together. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of encouragement. And if you've never become a part of the Lord's family, why not enjoy that fellowship as His sheep and even having shepherds on this earth that care for your soul? We'd love to assist you in being immersed into Christ. Maybe you've begun that journey and along the way you've lost that journey and you've lost that fellowship with God and with others. We would love to pray with you and for you. This morning... We're going to close with a prayer. 
If you're willing to fulfill God's plan to know your shepherd, if you're willing to be a sheep that is obedient, I'd like to ask you to stand as we pray, if you're willing to do that. And if not, we'll especially be praying for you. Most gracious God, we're humbled to be invited into your family and know that you're the great shepherd and your son is the good shepherd. And we're thankful for the shepherds that we have here as elders that oversee us. And God, we pray for them and the great task that they have to look over 400 families. And Lord, we pray that as individuals and families that we would move toward them and that together we can be more of what you want us to be. Lord, our prayer is that none of us will be invisible, but all of us will be intentional to fulfill your will. God, please defeat us where we're wrong. And God, help us all, help us all to grow closer to you and to each other. It's through your son's name we pray. Amen. If you need to come, come as we, as we sing.